Jerome Spann. Of course, I'm here to tell you about our sponsor today. And our sponsor is, of course, and will forever be longstanding. Hey, mind, mind you, he don't give me no money, but this is my man's. I got to hold him down. It is Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, Swopes is out here trying to change lives. He's trying to help get these young athletes into college each and every week. Every day he dedicates a lot of time to this. This man has a serious, serious passion for helping others further their education and further their lives in with a lot of great ways. They are on Facebook. Make sure you look up Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Swopes is spelled S-W-O-P-E-S. It is ran by Mr. Nathaniel Swopes Jr. He is the man in Houston, if y'all don't know. Yes, make sure you go check him out if you're trying to get your kid into school, hell or hell. If you're even a kid here that's thinking about going into school and you want to try and keep playing, keep your athletic career going, make sure you go check out Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. He is the man that is going to help you keep that dream going. So make sure you follow them on Facebook and you can get right a hold of Mr. Swope's there. He will help you get into college and keep your dream going for continuing to play your sports. So again, people, Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Check it out now. Help change some kid around you that you know's future, or hell, even your future. Yeah, yeah, Enigma in the house. My man J Span, Titan Studios. It's called From the Heart. Keeping it real is what all the song's about. Never selling your soul. Always staying true to yourself. All right, ah, uh, yeah. Check it out. Money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the start. Man, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money. And welcome back to your favorite weekly sports show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is ITC Sports Ball, and I am. Your man Jerome Span, of course, pretty face on ITC. Don't you forget it, baby. We know we've been off for you know two weeks, but hey, look, we tell y'all every time it get warm, it's summertime. We know we're trying to touch grass, baby. Okay, that, that's what it is. So we apologize. We know y'all missed us, but we back. We're about to be back on the weekly stuff. We got a lot of stuff to go over. So you're gonna see us. Every week from now to the end of this season, and then we kick off our new season with the start of the football year. Okay, so just be ready, people. We back. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know you missed us, but I'm here, of course, with that hot take spitter, the man who rips like Dylan spits. He is the modern day Ali on the microphone when he steps into your home. All your ladies are gone. Here's that man. You know, it's your boy Mace here, always with the hot takes, ready to go. Let's get it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, of course, our boy Daryl, he is the, he chose to take the week off. He may or may not join us. But, hey, like we said, people, hey, we touching grass, okay? So, sorry, okay? We, we, we got lives, too, baby. We love y'all. We got lives, too. That being said, we got to get this train rolling here because last night, Mace, boy, my boy, Messi came out and said, hey, Hold my beer, baby. Let me show y'all something real quick. Because he came in in his first appearance and put in a beautiful, beautiful top left corner free kick goal for the win. Mace, Messi is dialing MLS. Them tickets is outrageously priced everywhere. If you try and go get a look, 
People, we just tell y'all now. You can try and go get them on the secondary market. You paying at least five hundred. I'm just telling you now. Me and Dirty, me and Dirty Dave, shout out to Dirty Dave, was trying to talk about going to the Chicago Fire game. I promise you, people, before he officially signed, them tickets was like two something. But you get, you get like two good seats for like two something. After he signed, one seat was like five hundred. Nah, baby, I ain't doing it. I love the average. That's the average much. ticket uh, price for an Inter Miami uh, home game right now is four hundred and thirty-three dollars. That's the you average. So that means them low seats probably running around a thousand. Probably a good one k for them uh, to be on the grass. You see so. what I'm saying? So people, I love Messi. Y'all know that's my favorite player of all time. But now, nah, bro, I ain't paying that much. I can't, can't do it, can't do it. But Mace, to the point we was talking about here, he's in in MLS right now. How you feel this impacts MLS overall? I think what it's going to do is it now puts the international eye on MLS because it's not. Um, we could talk about these players' age and all that stuff, but Messi still might he. We might have an, an an active MLS player win the uh, uh, Ballon d'Or award this year. So I mean, that that gives you that just tells you right there um, its impact goes far beyond just bringing a soccer superstar to the sport. Like you, you can legitimately have somebody here that they have to consider for major um, soccer awards up until he decides to retire. Because, I mean, nothing says he's going to slow down. I mean, this is I'm fairly certain he takes care of himself. Um, soccer just kind of easy to him. I mean, I don't I – don't, I mean, he can do that at any – he can do that at any point in the game. Look, what's wild to me is I, I there was a, a Barcelona documentary. I think it's on Amazon, I want to say. So I watched it, and they really brought up a great point. Part of it, part of his greatness is he don't really waste energy, bro. Like you know, a lot of dudes they just go out there, I'm running and I'm running and I'm, you, you know what I mean. He don't do that. It's like when he gets the ball, that's when he's like, all right, I'm gonna turn it on. But it's like just BS and acting like, oh, I'm I'm running after the ball. He don't he don't do that, bro. He said, no, nah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna explode when I got time and I'm gonna take advantage of it. But you are right though. For the first time ever, MLS has an active player who could could literally win the Ballon d'Or. And I mean, look, if we're, if we're being real, right, he won the World Cup. He still had a good year at PSG. He's a, Look, this is a taste of what's about to happen over the next couple of months. Just wait till Busquets, him, and Alba, and Iniesta all actually get worked into that lineup with these other guys. It's going to be filthy. And the boys are really getting back because they're trying to go get Suarez too. They're trying to get the boys back together, dog. Hey, hey, they out there doing that Aaron Rodgers special, baby. Like, hey, I'm playing here. Come bring my boys in too, baby. Come mm-hmm. on, come on down and get your boys check back too. to town. But at that, we know, yes, Busquets and Alba were both at towards at like the end of their careers, right? But realistically, if they just wanted money, they could have probably found some European teams that was like willing to pay for their services yeah. and say, "Hey, come come over here and get this money." I'm sure Saudi Arabia probably threw some money at them boys too and say, "Hey, wait a minute, you you, you still got some name cachet. Let's let's give you some bread." But they didn't do that. They said, "We coming to America. We're gonna play with Messi. We're gonna play in the MLS." 
that does a lot in my mind for them because previously the thing I think me and you have talked about, we both enjoy the league, but it had always felt like a, uh, a kind of a retirement spot for all these old stars. You know what I mean? They like didn't they have were no longer wanted in Europe. They, mm-hmm. if they wanted to get another year or two out of their career, if they, if, if they were trying to get retired before they were ready to retire, this is what they did. But now this, this, this one right here seems like an active choice from multiple guys that can give you minimum two years excellent gameplay yeah like my the way i look at all that is like hey the mls has finally figured out a way to make it interesting here and i think what's going to happen for messi is that his no the numbers for american soccer are going to spike now right and what that's actually going to do is that's going to help everybody in the big picture, right? That's going to help the British Premier League. That's going to help the Spanish League, the German League, the Italian League. Why? Because all of these are broadcasted in America at this point. They, But they need the American viewers to get on board. And what's the best way to do this? MLS isn't doing this at the perfect time of the year, Mace, right? Football ain't front of the mind yet for everybody. And you're dropping one of the world's biggest stars into your sport when Nothing else is really hot. Baseball, there's nothing that's really been that interesting outside of Otani, right? So nobody really cares about baseball yet. I mean, it's got to start getting a little bit chilly outside for people to start caring about baseball. The season's – I'm a baseball fan, been a lifelong fan. The season has been boring to me. There hasn't even been great stories. Last year it was awesome watching what Judge was doing, but I'm going to be honest with you, outside of Otani – there's nothing there for me. I, I don't even see anything. He's he's far away, walking away with the MVP. What I'm more interested in right now is watching what ML, MLS is going to do here with Messi because this is amazing. All that being said, Mace, while we're talking about soccer, we got to talk about our, our ladies that are going up, trying to do a three-peat here, man, something that you really don't see in it's world football. It's never been done in men's and or women's. There's never been a three-peat World Cup winner. So the Women's World Cup has started, and last night the, the women's team came out, and they most definitely asserted their dominance. They showed that they are still playing at a high level, and they have got you – know, you know, they got – the team that can win a championship here and make it a three-peat of World Cups. My question for you is, Mace, there are a lot of other teams, though, coming out looking really good. I mean, like Spain put up, what, seven in their first game? Yeah. Um, England came out looking pretty good, like they were still ready to play. You know, there are teams now, I don't think the gap is so big anymore, no, right? I think no. the, the gap maybe in those in the first World Cup was like here, and then the second one, it's like here. And now the gap is like here. You, you see what I'm saying? It's like we're really seeing a lot of really competitive teams. How do you feel this World Cup ends, end up shaking out for the women? Um, I think um, this is going to be a real test because they do have a fair amount of young players that are in. I mean, you we have some we have some of our vets who are new moms, injuries, and all those things that you know. You know, it's just life. You know what I'm saying. So younger mm-hmm. players have to step up. Um, they looked real in sync at times versus uh, Vietnam, but you could tell that 
some of the new players didn't know where the vets wanted them to be in certain attacking situations. So it's good that they came up against a team that really wasn't a match for them early on. I'm, I think they'll they'll run away with their group. But like you were saying, that gap is small. I mean, you even look at Australia and Sweden as teams who have some bona fide stars on their on their rosters. So this could this is going to be very interesting, and and not to mention France as well. They they're a solid team as well. So that I'm looking at about five to six teams that can give the U.S. a um a very hard time if or beat them if they're not at the top of their game. So two of the big takes takeaways that I had from that game last night. One, I think one of the most important things: Rose Lavelle looks like she's back. Like she looks like Rose looked like she's back to herself. We need her to play well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know there are a lot of really really talented players on there, but she's like one of those. You know how how Busquets was for Barcelona, where Iniesta and Xavi were getting all the praise, but he is just as valuable, and okay. without him, it doesn't work. She's one of those guys, one of those players for the women's team. So I. Um, I'm glad to see that she's back, but I will tell you this, imagine you get 28 shots on goal. Ladies, y'all got to finish better than that. That that was unacceptable. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Mace. That was because I didn't watch the full game. You know, I had kind of forgot that it was on. I turned it on and I'm seeing all these missed opportunities and I'm like, this is no, you can't. <laughs> I understand that's Vietnam, right? It's outrageous. You know, you guys are way talented than more talented than them. But the team that I know that has been able to consistently win World Cups and at least put at least eight out there. Exactly. Exactly. That team steps on Vietnam's throat and says, it's over. You have zero percent chance to win this game. Y'all might as well just sit here and enjoy the show we're about to put on for you. So that finishing has got to be better. Unacceptable. The the I mean, Mace, you know. 20 you 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 outshoot a team 28 to nothing and you don't have eight goals on there that's crazy and i understand vietnam shout outs to vietnam's keeper she played great right like she did she was making some some great saves yesterday but again any team that is a true championship team you get 28 opportunities you need to be putting up a lot of goals plain out and simple this is one way like i said that they'll I think the group that they're in is going to allow them some leeway, but after that group stage, you running against killers, you running against the Englands, the Spains, France, Sweden. I mean, you March is still playing, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, she's such a goon. I can't believe no. she's still playing. I can't believe her, bro. She's she's got to be in her forties now. She can give she can give you a good twenty five minutes. Marta is 37. 37, she's 37. Okay. And she's yeah, still she out can there give you a good 25, 30 minutes. <laughs> she can get hey, she can give you 30. She can come in at 65 and make some shake. Exactly. It's it's wild. It is so wild. Like, cause when I admittedly, like when I first started really getting into like watching the women's national team, um Marta was still like at the top of her game and she was like a young superstar. And now she is the old head out here still balling. Like, yo, this is crazy. 
<laughs> this is nuts. So <laughs> it is wild to see her out here balling. But as far as this makes, I think we both have confidence that they can win the World Cup in three-peat. But if you were to pick two or three teams outside of USA that you think can win this tournament, who are you going with? Um, it's not a far fetch to say that England or Spain have just as good a chance as the U.S. to uh, win this thing. Um, I've been slacking a little bit on keeping keeping up with um, the women's game as far as like club soccer goes, but I can tell you right now, Spain and England have some bona fide ballers on their roster throughout the world, playing, balling out for various clubs. Um, I see them being just as good this year. I said, especially with the with the young additions to Team USA, I, I think Spain and England have as just as good a chance to win this World Cup as USA does. Um, possibly on the outside looking in, trying to scratch at the door. You got you got a team like Sweden and France, but yeah, man, it's. I think there's three there's three top dogs right now and and a few other teams that can get lucky. So for me, yeah, I the only other team that I truly feels like has a chance is Spain. I think that team has came together over the past few years. Um they steadily improved, right? They've been consistently getting better and better and better and better and better. And I think that they've hit you know, sometimes we, we come into the World Cup, Mace, right? And they may not be the most talented team because if we're talking talent, I still think that England is a more player for player. I think they're still a more talented team, right? But I think they're just clicking at the right moment. You know, like when that, that hot playoff team. Hey, oh, we yeah. just we hitting all cylinders at the perfect time. I think that's them this year. So they're the one team that I really look at. My problem with England, and I know there's probably going to be some people that are like, how could you not think that England really have a shot? I don't trust them in big moments. I just do not trust. I've watched that team in quite a few big moments crumble, and I can't trust that. <laughs> I, I know that may not be fair in some people's mind, but in my experiences of watching them in big moments, that's, they, they just don't seem to get – it's just like the men's team, man. It's in England. <laughs> They they they'll, they'll they got all this talent. You be like, man, they should be able to do something. They should be able to make something shake. And then what happens? They just crumble in in a terrible moment. And next thing you know, it's, you know, their newspapers over there talking about the whole team. You know, like it's wild. So that's why people I can't trust them. So outside of uh, USA, I really do think that Spain actually has a really good chance because they're just they're clicking, man. And when a team is clicking like that on all cylinders, it is hard to pick against them, especially in the World Cup situation. I don't I don't know how anyone can necessarily say that, hey, that's not fair to pick them because they, they I don't want to be disrespectful. Right. When I talk about talent, I'm not saying that they don't have talent, but I'm just I think that. It, it, like if we're going talent wise, it's like USA, then it's like England, and then Spain is like right here. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's a big, big gap if we're talking pure talent, player for player. But and also, I 
there's something about a team that uh, has a big chip on their shoulder. And it seems like yeah. them Spanish players got a real, real big chip on their shoulder, bro. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this World Cup. For those that don't know, um, it is being broadcast in reasonable times for us to watch here in America. <laughs> so I would suggest that you get your, get yourself in watching some of these games. You're going to have some, like, I mean, France plays tomorrow. Um the games are earlier have already taken place, right? We're already past those. They're, they're early morning games, but tomorrow we've got Sweden. We've got the Netherlands playing, uh, France playing. You know, um, there are still some very good teams that are going to be playing, so I would advise everybody to hop on board here. Enjoy this. I, could, I think Mace would probably agree with this. I've watched and enjoyed watching every Women's World Cup as much as I've watched enjoyed watching every men's world cup they are just the level of soccer is always stupendous at these things every time and plus queen petty out there bro listen dog <laughs> as long as queen petty out there on the field i'm with it alex morgan we love you around here queen petty <laughs> is always the welcome in my heart i need <laughs> i need her out there listen yes, <laughs> Hey, look! If you if you asking me currently, who's my favorite player on the team? It's her. Oh, it's, yeah. it's absolutely without, her. without a doubt. Queen Petty is t- is top notch on the team right now. <laughs> I look, I, look, me and Mason are nice guys, but we do appreciate a little bit of Petty. We ain't gonna lie to you. Hey, when she <laughs> hit the T on. <laughs> oh, one of the best celebrations ever! I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Oh man, yes, that that's why she has our girl. So yeah, Alex Morgan is the is our girl here for uh, ITC. Let me tell you that much. But ladies and gentlemen, each and every week you hear some things that drive you a little bit crazy, that might be a little bit wild of a story that get up in your brain and drive you a little bit insane. Well, our guy Mace is here to tell you about what some of those stories are each and every week, ladies and gentlemen. This is another resounding edition of your favorite segment on the show. Uh oh, the lights that went red. This is Mace's Madness. Listen, man. Um, I'm sorry to report to y'all that uh Captain Ron is losing his mind. Um, I think we're I think we're at like DEFCON 5 now because uh I'm still trying. Where are where are Captain Ron? Where are Black people's 401k? That's what I want to know because all that hard work and labor that we put in, we got nothing out of it. So I, I need some. <laughs> I need to know who who's fund who is funding that and how do I and how and how do I tap into that? Because somebody related to me was working out there and didn't collect their checks. So. There's some checks out there that need to be collected. Where do we get those from? That, I mean, where do we get those from, Captain Ron? I, I want to know. Because apparently, whatever, we, if if we're if we're our labor and duties, if you have if you are a if you have duties on the job, that usually means you're getting paid. Hmm. So. Um, where that check at, Captain Ron? Because uh, it's hard out here. 
need my money. Can't believe this. I can't believe Cap Ron really gone. Slaves had labor uh, to get getting done with their duties. That's what we call it, though. Laborers are not slaves anymore. They were laborers. And I quote, Pat Ryan said, they're probably going to show some of the folks that eventually parlayed, you know, being a blacksmith into doing things later in life. Nigga, what? Doing things later in life? What? Pat Ryan, let me... How in the world are we going, how do those skills translate when black people couldn't own anything or, or buy anything to use said skills for the next hundred years? How does that work, Captain Ron? Explain. I, I need to know because this is wild. Can't even. Apparently, by next year, slavery gonna be out, the word slavery is gonna be slashed out of the entire. At this point, they you just might as well just call them indentured servant servitudes. I mean, that's where we are. I think that's where we, he trying to he trying to slide that in there. Indentured servitude. That's we we taking slavery out of history books at this point. My question for you is: Are you worried? The dead leg Greg is gonna try and up them. Yeah, they're, they're in a perpetual fight to see who can out racist the other. Greg, hey Greg, in the lab right now, boy, he over there weird. He try, Greg is over here trying to. He got to figure something out. He's like, bro, I can't be outdone. Yeah, Greg about oh to do something. Hot Wheels about to do something wild because of this, man. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Oh, well, man, you ain't lying. And I didn't even get to the, I didn't even get to the good part. Apparently, um, we have, uh, apparently it's not okay to fight back, according to Captain Ron. Because if somebody run up in your house, drag you out of there, beat you half to death, and your partner come over, smack him upside the head. It's you. It's your partner's fault that you got beat up. And, and let to explain that to you better. Apparently, when we talk about these race massacres, because we know they happened, let's let's not be let's not be foolish here. We know they happened. It is explicitly said that we have that it must be taught that. The black people did something to cause the white people to want to harm them. On top of the fact that maybe a few white people got theirs in the process. I don't know about you. But like I said, you run up in my house, try to drag me out, beat me up. I'm going to have to fight back. What you want me to do? Just take my L and, and move on? Sorry, massa. I didn't mean, I didn't mean, I didn't mean it. What? Look, I'm a pacifist by nature, but you test me. It's on. You run up in my house. The rules is off. So the two, the two in just a few examples. 
DC riots, I think it was like 1920, something like that. Started because allegedly a black dude hooked up with a white woman. Now, now allegedly, because we don't know, it, it was 100 years ago, but we know jungle fever. We know white women get jungle fever, man. We know how this work <laughs> out. We know how this work out. But, but anyways, anyways, allegedly can't be proven. That's the reason why white people went to D.C. and started tearing stuff down was because one of theirs got got by a black dude. So I mean that I, I I'm not I'm not getting how how we have to say that um it's the black person's fault. What? Like the white people were just protecting their own in some sort of way. Like what? I don't get it. It's kind of wild, Mace. They trying to hit everybody with the with these eyes on my shirt and be like, let's rewrite history. Y'all don't remember it. It's it's almost as if there are bigger things at play here, and Captain Ron is just a guinea him and him and Dead Leg Greg are just the guinea pigs to see who can get away with the most stuff. Like how how much stuff can you get away with before people just really start hating you? Because this is getting out of hand. Captain Ron don't care nothing about Florida. He about to run for president. He don't care what happened over there. He he running that place down into the into the ground, man. It's out, it's outrageous. I just can't. Oh, nice of you to join us, low elo janitor. Hold on, hold on. Before we exit this segment of Mason's madness, I do just want to say one thing. One thing. Marjorie Taylor Greene is the craziest mother guy I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there is nothing she can do that surprises me at this point. Nothing. I'm Literally, not going to lie like, to you, man. I, I the think craziest person ever. This was the ever. pinnacle of her, of her just outlandish behavior, though. So, <laughs> do you, you want to tell a mace or go ahead? And give, give them, give them the goods, man. I I would <laughs> laugh too much. Look, I'm gonna just say it this way, okay? Because I know some of y'all listen with your kids, but uh, you know, Hunter Biden had some pictures that was uh him and a lady together in a compromised position, and uh, in a hearing. That they was talking about some IRS stuff, Marjorie Taylor Greene decided she needed to bring up Hunter Biden and put up his naked pictures live on TV in the middle of a live hearing about the IRS. I'll listen, let me, I'll say it slower for you. In a hearing regarding the IRS, Internal Revenue. Service. She had the audacity. You know, I'm not even gonna call it the audacity at this point because at this point, it's just like second nature to her. She had the on a whim 
decided to bring up Hunter Biden's personal affairs. Talking about the IRS. Now you might be asking, maybe Hunter Biden is the director of the IRS. Nope. Maybe Hunter Biden um, had committed the biggest scandal the IRS has ever come across. Nope. Hunter Biden probably can't even spell IRS. I don't know, man. He's dead. He's dead. This is the worst part. She's literally dragging a dead dude through like his name through the mud. Like it's so like something is really wrong. Look, we're gonna end the segment here. And I'm gonna just say this: something is really, really wrong with people that are down for supporting someone who wants to just love dragging a dead man's name through the mud when he look. I ain't saying the dude was a, the greatest person on the face of the planet. He was a flawed human being, like a lot of us out there. But bruh, on national TV, you up here putting his nudes up? Nah, bruh, this is too much. Too much. It's too much. We didn't went too far. We went way too far, America. We didn't, look, I'm not a conservative by any means. I believe people should live their life how they want. We, but we, something, something has went too far here when this is out here. Covering up their tracks by showing nudes of somebody and hearing about the IRS. Each and every week, ladies and gentlemen, there's stories that drive you crazy that you'd be like, is this really real or are we in the matrix? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, each and every week, this you know, we bring you those stories here and let you know that this is some back crazy stuff that is happening in America and we need to get it right. This is basic madness. We need the chosen one to come destroy our tennis down and, and, and start us start over again because this is getting out of hand. Listen, Neo, dog, Tom Cruise, we need you, bro. Keanu Reeves, we need you, dog. We need both of y'all to get together. We need the chosen one and we need Tom Cruise uses witchcraft to change this up because this is getting out of hand. Oh, uh, uh, yes, but. He decided to come grace us with his presence this wonderful, wonderful Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, he is ITC's resident troll. He is that dude that sees a fire. He says, I got that gasoline and gunpowder. What's happening? If you let him into your brain, he will drive you insane. He is that man. Let me talk to you. I like it. I like it. But since he's dropping lines out here that come from one of our favorite entertainment products, and that is, of course, wrestling, we might as well ask Daryl, how are you feeling about what went down at AEW Blood and Guts? Now, look, we we know that they just, some of it was absurd, right? But what was your overall feel on the night, right? Because essentially, this is their big free pay-per-view card that they're giving to people every year, right? This, this is the one for them. How did you feel about what they presented to everyone? They presented one good match for the fans. Give them a little bit of hype. Was probably the NJF Advocate versus Sammy Guevara and uh, Garcia. That was probably the only good match they, they actually produced on that whole night. Um, second match with Hook versus Jack Perry. 
this wasn't even you know what i think this team have as much substance than um having orange cassidy on the card hey no no hold on what what do you call orange cassidy you don't call him orange cassidy what you call him we call him pockets that <laughs> slingshot drop kicks that's what he does <laughs> I ever Yo, see it. You call a grown man pockets. That's messed up, bro. Hey, you, you already know the match is already almost over once he puts his hands in his pockets and you see a slingshot freaking drop kick. You already know the match is almost over. That's that's the cue. It's like, hey, roll it. <laughs> like every single time. But uh when it got to that uh five on five blood and guts match, let's be clear. AEW been out for like I think it's like three years now, right? Is it three going on four? About three years, yes. Okay, so over three, I think. We have seen three blood and gut matches. Jericho, you know what? Actually, you're right. We we would be a pro. We'd be approaching year four because come January first of next year, it will be officially four years. So yeah, we're a little bit over three. Every blood and guts match has been gimmicky at the end. Someone does something that's totally against the whole darn match and makes someone submit or give up. That that's that's the whole thing. But with this match, we already have a discuss with just dealing with blood. And this is AEW's thing. It's just about someone bleeding and what crazy thing can we do in the match or a crazy spot that we can actually do this match is literally to me was literally i see blood and i'm sick of this match in my guts that's what this was it wasn't (laughs) this 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 wasn't like oh blood and guts we're going to go hard we're going to go ahead and um do the best wrestling that we can with two rings this is like a budget war games with a cage. This is what this is. A budget war games with a cage. We constantly have people coming in one by one until the whole thing is like, oh, and then let's let's have the announcers try to give you fake hype. Now the match can finally begin. Well, everybody's been beating themselves and doing dumb spots in there. So, yes, I understand. But when it comes down to John Moxley, John Moxley. I'm tired of you bleeding. I am tired of you becoming the new New Jack in AEW. Because I respect New Jack. I have grew up with New Jack. I have I have been watching Extreme Championship. You better respect New Jack because he'll hey, he'll take you out. I have been watching Extreme Championship Wrestling before it touched WWE. And when they were bleeding, that was actually real blood and they weren't gimmicking this blood. If you got hit with a staple gun, you got hit with a staple gun. That's real life. You will bleed. Yes. But don't put up a bed of nails in a match that looks sharp as hell. If I stepped on it, I will freaking have my foot cut up. No. We, we're we over here laying on a bed of nails and only having like five puncture holes in my back. Then... Try having botched spots. So like, oh, this guy almost fell on Moxie while he was over there still trying to sell 
the better nails. I, I, I was getting, I was already getting sick of that. Then we're doing horrible tag team super kick freaking spots in a corner. Sorry, Young Bucks, you have used this so much. It is embarrassing that y'all can't even work a real match without having half your indie gimmicks in a match. I can't stand it. And while you're introducing a character and a wrestler that nobody really knows unless they have watched New Japan, it's really confusing for the actual casual fan. I, You have no story buildup. It's disgusting. Like, if we could build up Jack Perry and we do not like Jack Perry, you can do at least some type of work and build up somebody in this match. We've been looking at a rivalry that does not make any sense. You, you, this is what this is what you give us. You give us Blackpool combat, having a rivalry with the elite. Then you change people in the elite to have a match against Blackpool combat. Then you go farther back. And you give that garbage seven series of a freaking tag team match, tri triple trios tag team match, and try to bring that backstory line. They even have Pack in this match. So it's just like, you're not building up nothing. You're just building up scenarios that just make sense, but it's not a buildup. You know how to build a story shit? I tell you this, I could read Go Dog Go and it'd probably be a better storyline than the business wrestling match. <laughs> At least the buildup at the end of that go dog go is that they had a party at a tree. They were just traveling the whole book. I'm sorry. If we have to go to little kid books and they can make a better story than what AEW is putting out to me, I don't know. But I tell you this this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing of a wrestling company. This is embarrassing. At all, period. Because at the end of the day, we're just going out and booking a bunch of nonsense. We are, we are making the secondary, supposedly the secondary promotion that is supposed to have some type of running against WWE. I feel right now, and this is a feeling, that Impact Wrestling has a better storyline than AEW. Oh, Lord. Oh Lord! Oh, so man. you chose violence. You chose violence today, huh? The violence is what what I always. You chose. You up. decided. You decided to come up here and just let the flamethrower go today, huh? You you just yes. <laughs> but but that flamethrower is not out yet. John Moxley, we're going to go back to you again. We do well, not. I do not believe you are bleeding anymore. I believe you are razoring. And you are razoring pretty obvious at this point. I don't believe half the times you get hit with anything that's metal or a line of a ring corner or a steel cage. You're not bleeding. I'm sorry. No one's doing that much damage to your skin. Your skin does not have the Nate Diaz effect. I'm sorry. 
There's only one person I will believe that will bleed instantly. John Moxley, you need to stop bleeding. You need to stop giving out all your blood on the mat, thinking you're doing a, a Terry Funk. You're trying to Terry Funk. You think you are the, how would I say it? The gift of pro wrestling, of extreme wrestling. I need you to stop. Um, there's no words that we can give the elite because the elite will do anything they want to do and they're stupid and they are a gimmick and they are protected as they are as protected in this company as orange. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you move on, I would just like to bring these quotes to you fellas here and see how you feel about this. Daryl in his interview with sports illustrated, um, he, this is his direct quote. He said, I have a whole disserter- dissertation on my theory about blood in modern wrestling. Do we have time for that? He says, this is a combat sport. College wrestling is a combat sport too. They have blood timeouts to patch it up. The lowest prelim bout of a UFC card or a boxing card, somebody might have a little blood on their elbow or blood coming out of their nose, but they're not selling a blood sport. It's not. Tune in for blood. Tune in for glory. It's part of the aesthetic. It adds realism. Here's where here's where it's like, yo, yo, shut up. Sometimes when I don't even want to, but I know, I only know one speed. That's with my foot on the gas pedal. And if we're going to do something, let's do it. That can be detrimental when it comes to negative things like drugs or alcohol, but that's my mindset. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it. When it comes to blood, it's just going to happen sometimes. Like I said, it's foot on the gas pedal. Some people say, this is just a random match. Why is there blood? I heard that last week versus Tomohiro Ishii, he's one of the greatest of all time. I'm not going to let that moment slip by. I'm going foot to the and gas pedal. How could I not? And then I hear I can't have a good match without blood. Okay, then. You may have made my argument for me. I'll do it every time. Nigga, no, you missing the whole point, dummy. The whole point, dummy, is we trying to tell you is that you a one-trick pony at this point and your one-trick sucks. Don't you understand my... Look, Daryl, they was protecting people from headshots when he was in WWE. Did he just lose all his marbles when he went on this independent realm when he was doing these death matches? Like, what? What is wrong with this man? Does he not understand anything? I'm not a wrestler, but I know more about the wrestling business than to say some dumb sh- like that. This this company does not have the same protections as WWE. WWE definitely do not allow power drivers, and these power drivers be looking farly rough every single time I see one. That is. A crucial thing to the wrestler, wrestler and the safety. Your neck should not be in a predicament that it can be injured or set you out for long periods of time. We already are seeing the full benefits of doing these unsafe matches. Dan, well, I will say Brian, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson whatever you want to flip the name, 
he's injured to the point that he really can't do anything at this point. He has to be on the sidelines because the dangers, the dangers of this way and this type of wrestling is it's not good. And Moxley is promoting something that should not should not be a thing because it's all about wrestler safety. And these people have families, these people have lives, and we just don't see that type of protection anymore in this company. And at this point now, it's just like, let's look at Dynamite. Dynamite is the elite John Moxley budget blood show at this point. While we look at Collision, and why people are liking Collision, because it's more about wrestling. It's more about fans. It's more about understanding what you have here, what what stars you can bring out and highlight them for. Like, I can't remember the last time we had a Dynamite that we actually enjoyed a Ricky Starks match. But when we watched that Collision against CM Punk, we didn't know who was going to win. We thought, hey. We can say, hey, CM Punk got a winning streak, but they threw a freaking wrench in your TV and said, hey, Ricky starts one, the Owen Hart uh, 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 trophy. Yeah, you know why? Because Phil may be an a-hole, but he actually is a real professional wrestler. And I underline the part of professional in that because we know that there's certain other people that work in that company that have made it very clear that they are not professionals when it comes to their workplace. So it's because Phil cares about the business. He wants AEW to get more over because it helps the business. These other guys, they just want to extract as many resources as they can from Tony Khan. That's it. Like, look, I appreciate what Tony's doing, how his pay structure, how he does things, how he's giving them like fully guaranteed deals and stuff like that. He's really trying to like get them insurance and stuff. I respect it because I've always thought it was scummy how WWE does some of that business, right? How they label you as an independent contractor to like and do all this funny business with your, with your money. I've never thought that was cool, right? So I appreciate so much of what he's doing. But dude, Tony, my boy. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. I've been watching this since I was a child. Dude, your wrestling product is bad with some of your main performers. When you only have about three or four people that in your entire roster, your roster that we went over that is like enormously big, you have like three or four people that me as a wrestling fan say I would watch their product. That's a problem, Tony, because three or four guys do not fill the what now five hours of television that they have every week now uh i think i think it's more than that it, or is it six is, is each show two hours uh dynamite's two i think rampage is two as well yeah no. so it's so six that's six hours of television four people can't fill that for you there's only four, four people that are actually working, working stores in the industry <laughs> I think this yeah. is this might be the first week you won't see Orange Cassidy unless they show him on collision. <laughs> you know he gonna be on collision. You know he is. Like just stop. Like you know what's going. His pockets is coming out, and he gonna have his hands in his pockets and be pockets like, and right. shades. Pockets and shades. 
You know, you know, it's funny. I think his his gimmick would work so much better if he was a heel. It would work better. He could he could do the same stuff, but it would work so much better if he was a heel at this point. Because this, I'm a face guy, and I just come out, put my hands in my pockets, and I shouldn't kick you and stuff. It's kind of played out at this point. What would kill his heel is him talking on the mic. That's what it would do. Yeah, you can't have him talking ever. His talking is not good. So. When he's not just doing the pocket stuff, he's actually a good wrestler. Like, he actually can put on good matches. But then when he gets in that hole, I'm doing the pocket stuff, it's like, all right, this is overdone. Stop it. Stop it right now. Had enough. <laughs> but AEW needs to get their act together, for sure. Don't want to get caught in the mud because we have to make sure we keep this train rolling here. And we have to start our football preview, and we are going to start with the East Divisions. And we are going to start with the AFC East. Because And look, people, I ain't going to lie to you. It's because I know Mace is about to go on a soliloquy about how good his Cowboys is about to be this year and how it's going to be that year. And you might hear a, a how about them Cowboys somewhere in there. You know, it's, it's going to be a lot of that, okay? So we're going to start with the AFC East. Shout outs to our boy Quasi again for your for your support. We appreciate you, my nigga. I know you are supporting, so we're gonna start with your division there, Quasi. And might as well get it get right into it. The big story that came out of the AFC East this year, and of course, that's Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Jets. And Mace, we're looking at a division at this point that if Tua stays healthy, they have at least three good. Well, let's say three quarterbacks that are above the Kirk Cousins line for for a quarterback player, right? Like, like people, yeah, if you listen to the show, you know what the Kirk Cousins line is, okay? If you don't, you'll figure it out. <laughs> okay? So you're like, I think they would have three guys that are above the Kirk Cousins line, right? So Mace, might as well start with the Jets. How do you feel that the Aaron Rodgers move and the other moves that they have made are going to actually play out in fruition for them this season? Um, the Jets was one of the few teams that I saw that had what I would be consider a Super Bowl defense. Um, they, the secondary flew around, they hit both of their corners were top tier. Um, they got to the pass rusher. I mean, you would literally look at times and be like, Zach Wilson's the reason they lost the game. You could look at you could look at that roster top to bottom and be like, Zach Wilson is the exact reason they lost that game. And you could do that for multiple games for the Jets last year. And um you can't deny that Aaron Rodgers being their quarterback is gonna get them at least three more wins at least three you you can chalk him up for at least three more than what they were at last year if their defense can they don't even necessarily have to reach that same height that they did last year as long as their defense is consistent i mean their their hold the only hole on that team was the quarterback so i mean Garrett Wilson proved himself to be a number one receiver. Um, Brees Hall is what we expected him to be at, at the running back position. Um, the offensive line, is, if they stay healthy, they're really good. Um, yeah, man. Um, 
the Jets did everything they needed to do this offseason to cure their issues from last season. Yeah, absolutely. So I look at the Jets and I say, you have this year and next year to win a Super Bowl, right? After after this year, next year, you don't want a Super Bowl. It's over with. That ride's done. Aaron Rodgers, look, I know people still want to be all on his jock telling you how great he is. His play has trailed off a little bit in these past couple of years. Even in them MVP years, what was being masked was that uh, – what, what's the coach's name? Oh, goodness gracious, how did I just forget his name? Well, look, he was doing some of the same stuff that Kyle Shanahan be doing, which is, hey, dog, I'm going to scheme you up some wide open dudes. Oh, LaFleur. All you got to do is LaFleur. LaFleur, thank you. He come, He got that same mindset where he like, I'm going to motion this dude. We're going to motion that, da, da, da. We're going to expose the defense, and you are just going to have to throw to an open dude. So there was a lot of that happening. It, and when you have that with the Aaron Rodgers, right, you see what happens. I mean, that's some of what Andy Reid does, too, as, a, as an offense. You see what happens when you put a, a mastermind offensive play caller and designer with a quarterback that has the talent to make all the throws that you need him to make, right? So offense is going to be better. I think Garrett Wilson is going to have a, a stupendous year for sure, for sure. So we'll see how that ends up playing out. I do have questions on how good – outside of Garrett Wilson, they are actually at the skill positions because a lot of a lot's been made of him, but let's not forget they also got rid of more. You know, they sit in and, and so I don't know about these skill positions. Look, dog, like you can try and convince me on you know, Alan Lazards and all this of the world, right? But you need somebody else. You're gonna need somebody else. I mean historically speaking, Aaron Rodgers hasn't needed a second guy. I mean Hey, how many Super Bowls he won with that with that approach? I mean, it, it like I said, it's not Super Bowl worthy. But the last because the last time he got to the Super Bowl, he had Greg Jennings and Donald Driver. So, oh, was it? It was a Jennings no. and, and Nelson. He had one of the two. It was one of the two combinations. I think it was Jennings and Nelson because it was before Devontae. It was, it was or was, it, or was it Jennings? Oh, yeah, it was the of Jennings, Cobb, and, and Nelson, I, I believe it was. I believe it was in three. So that's what I'm saying. It's like Aaron Rodgers need that. Whether people want to admit it or not, yes, he's a great quarterback, but, hey, I didn't forget how he was looking in, in early in the season last year without Devontae. He was looking real shaky. <laughs> there were some of the games that it was like, ooh, baby, y'all is sweet. That's why the Lions came out and bopped y'all head in the last game of the year because he was like, ooh, that was sweet. Uh, but I think we'll see what happens with the Jets. We'll give you our X-Factors, but that will start next week. We'll give you all the East Division X-Factors next week because we're just giving you the, you know, how we think these teams are going to shake out. So, Mace, do the Jets make the playoffs this year? Yes. Darren, what you think? Do they make the playoffs? With Aaron Rodgers after making all this, I mean, I know you, you're real close to New York. I know you know the New Yorkers when they when they make moves like this, they get to talking real greasy and everything. They they probably get to rubbing you like Philly does a lot. So I gotta ask you, do you think that the Jets make the playoffs? Absolutely not. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Just because you change a quarterback doesn't mean nothing. You can hype all that nonsense up all day. You think they're gonna actually do something? No. Oh, so you're wow. saying the Jets are the Jets? <laughs> Jets are the Jets. 
Jets are the team that you just get free bets on. That's what you do. That's what that's what you get. I don't believe the Jets are going to do anything. Got an old quarterback. Just wanted to have a new scene, new scenery. And you think he's going to lead that team? He ain't no Tom Brady. Let's get straight. He ain't no Tom Brady. He ain't the GOAT. You know? He ain't going to pull his team to victory to get a championship. What are we talking about? You're right. He ain't no Tom Brady. Because if he was Tom Brady, my life would be miserable even more as a Bears fan. Okay? <laughs> Thank God he ain't Tom Brady. Thank God. Okay? We got to keep it moving here. <clears throat> Mace, we got to talk about the Miami Dolphins because they're probably the most the next most interesting story here. We Everybody knows what it is. We talked about it at length during the course of the season last year. Tua has to stay healthy. We know what everything else is on that team, Mace, right? They, they've improved in the offseason. They brought in Jalen Ramsey. So we know that secondary that was already really good got even better now because you replaced uh, – not Howard. Who is it? Byron Jones? Is he still on the team? Yeah. Didn't he get, um, actually, I, I thought they – I think he might have released him, didn't they? Yeah. Um, no, okay. No, he's still on the team. Okay. Or was it Howard? I thought one of them. No, 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 no. They kept both of them. I think they just, I think they might have did something with their money, you know, move some money around. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, so the secondary is even stronger, right? At this point, everything depends on Tua. So, Mace, I'm asking straightforward. We ain't got to even get into the details because everybody knows what this team is, right? We, they were the, like the team that everybody was talking about last year. Does this team make the playoffs? Yes or no? No, I think they're going to. This is going to be one of those deals where on paper they look excellent, but somehow it just doesn't click. I think um, for whatever reason, the defense isn't going to work out. I'm not sure they will have great individual performances, but as a, as a group, I, I just don't see it because – you have three cornerbacks that deserve to be on the field at all times. So are you going to come out and nickel um, the majority of your, or is Byron Jones going to move to a safety, but you already have two well, good safeties. It's, I think well, at some point played, it's going to become an ego issue. They already played a good majority of downs in nickel anyway. So you got to think for our minds playing nickel like that doesn't necessarily make sense, but it, it makes more sense when you start viewing the NFL in this that more teams are coming out with three wide receivers than ever. So you're playing more nickel than you are. Like there are some teams that played, I think it was like, I forget who it was, but it's, they played like 50, 56% of their downs were in nickel. I said, I, the, on paper, the nickel can work because Jalen Ramsey and he, he's, I think he is not – I'm not going to say a much better nickel cornerback than he is an outside cornerback, but if you were looking for a nickel cornerback that could also play the run and, and want to be physical at in the box near the line of scrimmage, I think you have the perfect guy for that in Jalen Ramsey. So that could be their thinking. I, I, I definitely expect to see him playing the majority of his downs – in the secondary, especially in past situations in the nickel. But like I said, for whatever reason, I just don't see I, I don't see them making the playoffs. Something's going to go wrong. 
I just feel it. So here's my thing, right? I want to say yes so bad. I do. But that means I'm depending on Mike White to come in and play great. Because Tua's getting hurt. Look, I love Tua coming out, but I have no faith at all that that man is going to stay healthy at this point. It's just his history has shown that ain't what happened. And on top of that, I think they mismanaged everything with him last year. When he got that first one, they should have sat him down for an extended amount of time and let him come back when there was zero percent symptoms instead of just being, hey, I can pass the protocol. You know, so they did that to themselves. I think this team is going to miss the playoffs by like a game. It's going to be one of these weird seasons for them where I think it comes down to the last game of the year and it's going to come down to health. And again, I do not feel like two is going to end up being healthy for them for enough of the season for that for it to really make a difference. Because look, when he's out there, he has a connection with Waddle and with Hill for sure, for sure that you can see but I just don't think he's going to be out there. I'm not even going to ask Daryl if he thinks they're making the playoffs because I already know the answer is no. <laughs> like, I, I already know. He, he he made his thoughts very clear on the Dolphins over the course of the last season, for sure. He called them frauds at one point, if I remember correctly. So uh, I think we know where he stands there. But let's talk about the Patriots here, Mace. It was a it was a a dumpster fire last year. Okay. Awful. Not the standard that we have ever expected out of a Bill Belichick team. Right. Do you feel like they rebound at this point? Um, I think they, I'm not necessarily going to call it a rebound because a rebound for the Patriots is playoff. This is plain and simple. They've been, the standard in the AFC for so long. So for them to rebound means playoffs, however, which way you look at it. But I do think they even off there. I think they will be a much better team next season than they were, or this coming season than they were last season. But at the same time, you know what? Not much better. I say much more competitive. I think that they, the games will be, they're always difficult versus Regardless of how you come out and beat them, they always have something for you. But um, I think this would be a season where they lose a lot of one-possession games. Um, that defense is has markedly improved. Um, I expect to I expect to see that defense somewhere around the top ten. Even though I like I said I expect them to lose a lot of one-score games, simply because. Um, Who's playing quarterback for them and who's catching passes for them? Let's let's be real here. Um, That offense has been kind of anemic since Tom Brady left, and they have not remedied that yet. So Uh, this is a very simple one for me. Not even gonna waste all y'all times. And quasi, I'm sorry to say this for you, brother, because I know you 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 stay loyal with us, you be listening. Uh your team's going to be awful this year. They're going to be awful. Teams have figured out Mac Jones is not a good quarterback. And I don't feel like you've re- resolved any of the lingering issues on offense with the moves that were made in this offseason. Um, 
I know it's not going to be offensively. You'll probably look better than what was last year because it's not dirty socks. Patricia calling the plays anymore. So it's, it's clearly, it's going to be better, right? Like, no, it can't be any worse than what it was, what was happening with dirty socks. Look, we think Bill O'Brien's a clown on this show for how he managed his roster, but he, we saw his offense has made plays that he knew how to get people open. So that's not even a thing here. But Dirty Sox Patricia calling your plays, that was always bound to fail. We, look, we said it from jump. We didn't think that Dirty Dirty Sox was going to end up being offense coordinator. And then when he got named to one, we was like, oh, Bill, you made a grave mistake here, sir. And like, oh, no. So um, I hate to say it. I think I see this as like a eight, nine season. You know, like, because because Belichick's defenses are never going to be so bad that they're going to be out of every game, right? They're never going to be that. But for what the standard is that I know Patriots fans are going to expect, y'all about to be in for a long one. Hey, you, you better start looking at them quarterbacks in college this year, see who y'all need to go out and get, because uh, Mac Jones ain't it. And we, t- hey, and shout outs to me and Mace. We told y'all Mac Jones wasn't it before that draft, and we was out here looking at all these people like, hmm, hmm. Hey, just like we told y'all Will Levis wasn't it, and what happened? We told y'all that was just a hype train. Don't believe the hype. And, and some of them GMs got smart and was like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going to believe the hype. I'm not going to lock up first-round money with this man. Nah, it's too much risk. Too much risk. But – uh, moving forward here, we have to talk about the fraudulent Buffalo Bills here. Okay, they are frauds. Frauds. They gonna win this division. They gonna win it. But when they get in the playoffs, they gonna lose either Cincinnati or Kansas City. I already know what this is. They are frauds, Mace. Convince me differently. Um, I mean their play hasn't. I mean, what well, what is it? Josh Allen's only won one playoff game in his career. So, I mean, at this point, you can't say much more about him than that. Uh, only thing you can say is that this team is equipped to win. They just haven't. Um, I expect him to win the division. Um, pretty hand – well, I'm not going to say pretty handedly. I think um, – It'll probably they'll probably maybe two games they'll have over the division or whatnot. But um, this team this this team really comes down to the health of that defense. Um, if them boys can stay healthy, you have to believe that they can play and beat anybody. But at the same time, they have not been healthy. They don't stay healthy. Somebody always gets hurt. Somebody significant always gets hurt. Um, so injuries are their downfall, and it's probably going to be the same this year as well. So I am very harsh on this team, and I know that. But that's because of I blame all of y'all out there that want to hype up the Bills to me and tell me how much how much better – uh, Josh Allen is than Lamar. It drives me. I will. I will admit it right to you, friends. It drives me out of my in mind when I hear this. Out of my mind. So maybe I'm harsher on this team than I need to be. 
But also, they haven't proven me wrong. I told y'all last year when they started falling off that when it got to the playoffs, they was going to show you how big of frauds they were. And what happened? They got to the playoffs and showed y'all that they are frauds. Frauds, bruh. Do you know what they are? They're a regular season team. They're the Phoenix Suns of the, of the NFL with Steve Nash. They're them. They're going to get to the playoffs and choke it away every time, I promise you. Bills, hey, Bills is running away with this division. They're the best overall team in this division because, look, you still got Josh Allen who's staying. Don't get me wrong. He's still supremely talented, right? You still got Diggs, supremely talented. If Von Miller can come back and give you something, you know what it is. Rosal seemed like he was coming on as the year went on last year, especially like by, by about game eight or nine, Rosal really seemed like he turned it up there and he was balling. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is, you know, they're no question in my mind, they're the most talented team. And then they added in the tight end out of the draft. What was his name, Mace? Kincaid, and they dude. still have uh, Dalton Knox as well. So. Exactly. So I think Kincaid, their, their offense is only getting better now. But I think they are going to choke in the playoffs. I think it's coming again. I think Buffalo Bill fans, I'm sorry, because I'd love to see y'all win a chip. Because I, I looked, I loved you guys' team as a kid. I loved Jim Kelly, Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith. Love those guys. But I can't sit here and say that a team that I've watched piss away the playoffs multiple years in a row in the play. Like, I, I can't have confidence in them. All y'all, if you're, hey, hey, Mace, you remember? Oh, if we just changed the rules, the Bills would have gone to the conference championship. Blah, blah, blah. And look at what happened. They was frauds in the in playoffs, bro. I mean, so th- that game in particular, we all knew when we watched that game, whoever got the ball in overtime was winning. We all knew it. Neither defense was stopping the other. Regardless of what happened to lead up to that point, we all knew it. People need to stop acting like the Bills and the Chiefs offense weren't just out there throwing haymakers at at each other's opposing defense, and them boys was getting rocked left and right. So, But again, they let Cincinnati walk in their house and dog walk them in the playoffs. They scored 10 points, Mace. Mitch Trubisky scored more points than that. <laughs> that's all. Like, that's all I'm saying, bro. Like for for all this hype that y'all, that all these cats want to give me all the time about Josh Allen and the Bills, telling me how they better than Lamar. Ten points in the playoffs. Ten. That's it. Dog walked at home by the Bengals. My issue with the Bills is that they have no they have no threat of a running game. Now, since, since Patrick Mahomes has won his first Super Bowl, every Super Bowl winner pretty much has like a a bottom half run 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 game, right? Like it, it, that's just what it's been like. It's been like 20 or worse. For whatever reason, that's that's how Super Bowls are, are being won now. But at the same time, the Bills legitimately have zero threat of a run game. So once you get into the playoffs, once there is 17-plus games of film on your team, 
if you can't just go out and just hit somebody in the mouth with the run game, gash them for 10, 12, a few times, you're in trouble. And that's the Bills issue right now. They've it's the it, the game, the run game is on the back of Josh Allen, and that is not how you get it done. Especially later on in the season. I know uh, Jerome is over there looking it up right now, but I'm I'm fairly certain that since Mahomes won his first one in what seventeen, I believe it was. Um, run games aren't necessarily like I said. You don't need top half run games aren't getting it done in the playoffs, but at the same time, you got to have somebody that can gash the defense. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily true. Because when Tampa won theirs, they had a they had a top half running game. I but I but I do understand what you're saying. It can get you to the playoff, like you can get to the playoffs without having a top half run game, but it has to be a run game that when you talk about because they're not top half in production, but when you start talking about efficiency, yeah, you need a run game that is efficient. That's the thing, like one of the biggest things that happened in the Super Bowl last year with the Chiefs was that run game became super efficient for them in the second half. You know, they started getting four or five yard plays that they were only getting two to three in the first half, you know? So you need a run game that is going to produce for you at, at the end of the day. And here's another reason I would say you also need a run game. Let's turn around and look at what you can do with just play action. Part of why uh, Jalen Hurts was so, so successful last year. Part of why Pat Mahomes was, was successful last year. Aaron Rodgers, a lot of these guys. You look at some of a lot of their success. Joe Burrow too. They they use a lot of play action. Look, Cincinnati was not the best running team in the world, but they were efficient. They get the yards when they needed them. You know. So you need a running game. I can't trust the Buffalo Bills because they, like you said, do not have a run game. They are frauds, bro. They don't want to run the ball. And listen. Josh Allen can't be your whole run game. He can't. I'm yeah, sorry. So, like I said, that, that, so that that is my biggest issue with the Bills as a as a team is just that one you what to they can't throw a defense off. You can't throw them off. Like you can't you can't just come out in one quarter and have your running back gash him for about 10 hit him for another eight here, another 15 there, a 25. Like, nobody is concerned about the bill. If, if anything, the defense probably thinks they won if he actually turns around and hands the ball off for a play. So that definitely they, – they definitely have to remedy that before I believe there's any chance – for the Bills being successful in the playoffs. So you ain't got to be top half of the league in, in, in the run game, but you've got to be able to throw somebody off kilter. You've got to be able to catch somebody off guard and get some and get some chunk yards from time to time. And take some pressure off of your quarterback, for God's sake, with your running game. Just take some pressure off them. But until I see that the Bills are willing to do that, I'm going to continue to call them frauds, Mason. Until I can see them, that they actually have a running game, they are the Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash of the NFL. That's what they are. They're just a team that can get up and down. You know what it reminds me of? Um, You remember right after the Rams – 
went to back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. Right. And then their defense, like after the second Super Bowl, their defense fell off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why? Because all Mike Marks cared about was going up and down the field and offense. They didn't replace that defense. Nope. You know, it, it, it's the same thing. It, it's just they're this team that's got all this hype, and I don't believe in you at all. But we got to keep it moving here to get to Mason's division of the NFC East. So might as well start with Daryl's favorite team, the reigning division champions, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, now, last year, uh, me and Mace both told you in our offseason preview that you should be looking for Jalen Hurts to have a big year. Uh, we told you that move with A.J. Brown was a big thing. It gave them two dynamic weapons now on the outside. And we had already seen that Jalen Hurts could make it shake in the run game because when we saw, we, we told y'all, when they shifted their offense to an offense that better suited him, all of a sudden they started having success, right? So we've seen what that is because, look, Jalen Hurts played great. All of, all of what, two plays in the Super Bowl last year, Mace? That man played great. We saw one of the greatest – performances out of a quarterback you can get. He just happened to be going up against the GOAT, Pat Mahomes, right? So can't fault the man for that. All that being said, they are, they clearly had some uh, changes in their roster over the offseason. They, they kept a lot of guys, but they also had some changes. How do you feel that that Eagles team ends up doing there, Mace? Um, I think the, the, the losses on defense are really going to um, hurt that team. Um, I'm pretty sure their entire line um, linebacking group is going to be new this season. Um, people really. When I read Dean's wearing the dot too, Mace. Hmm. Nicobe Dean's wearing the dot for him. Okay. Yeah. So, so like I said, you're, he he's going to have to ball out because he's replacing um, TJ Edwards as a. Um, signal caller on that defense side for those guys um the the addition of Gardner Johnson to that secondary that was that was huge for them because now they they had a, a bona fide playmaker at the safety position he's gone um but the biggest the biggest attraction to that defense to me which I really think is going to play a huge role is uh Javon Hargraves um that one right there, um, for for all the the clout that Fletcher Cox got for being great for um, everything that they thought Jordan Davis was gonna be, but for whatever reason, healthy scratches or just not being productive on the field, whatever the, whatever the case may be, his play definitely helped that entire defense, in particular Hassan Reddick. Our grave was the third-ranked pass rusher by PFF in 2022, right, for interior linemen. And his overall 80.1 grade last season was the highest by interior linemen since 2019. Yeah, so like I said, it's so. – it's it, that that move right there is probably – who how they replace his production is going to tell – a lot about their team. Like obviously Jalen Carter, we we all believe he's gonna be a dog. Um Jordan Davis, maybe whatever, maybe he gets it together this season um and gets more PT, more production. But replacing Hargraves is going to be a daunting task. And I I believe they might fall short in the middle with that. 
I'll be honest with you. I don't see with their roster constituted the way that it is and where they've invested resources. I don't see where you can reasonably play Fletcher Cox a lot of downs this year. Um, as great as he's been for them for quite a long time, right? Um, he's not. You can't invest that many early round draft picks into defensive linemen if you are not going to play them. You know, I I get it that last year you could present yourself the argument and say, hey, we can have Jordan Davis only play minimal downs because we got Cox there and we got Hargraves. We got two guys that are certified at their position, right? So I can understand that. But this year, now you're dependent on young guys to give you quality, consistent downs like that combination did for the course of the season. I mean, you're asking a lot. I don't think that the offense has a fall off. I think that they probably maintain it about the same level that they were. Probably have a few more turnovers just because we know turnovers can be weird and fluky. It can be a tip ball here, tip ball there, right? And it can be the difference between you having five picks on the year and you having 10. You know what I mean? Like we've seen it with your mm-hmm. team, which we'll get to, yeah. where literally some tip balls can make all the difference in how your numbers are viewed. Um, so I think the offense is still good, but the defense, yeah, I got real questions too, Mace. I don't know. And with all these young guys there, they do still have some old guys in key positions, like, and it, and it doesn't necessarily bode well for them in those positions. Like you, your secondary didn't just get younger all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and and even if the positions were got younger, that doesn't necessarily mean better. You know, so we'll see what happens. Gotta keep it moving on. Let's talk about that team that everybody wants to hype up and talk about how great Daniel Jones was last year and how superb he was. Da, 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 da. Mace, how do you feel this team is doing? And let's Let's just take them for what they are right now, right? It, it's looking like Saquon might not be there to start the season. So what are they without Saquon Barkley, Mace? Um, without Saquon, they're probably – Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Before we move on, Daryl, how do you feel about the Eagles going into this year? <laughs> we got to ask. I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I forgot for a second. How do you feel about the, the Eagles and their chances of uh, winning the division this year and making the playoffs? I'm not going to use no feelings in this because I'm biased, you know, bias. I hope, I hope they crash and burn. That's all. <laughs> you know what? Off topic, though, for that stadium alone, I praise all you Eagles fans for spending all that money just for them seats because them seats are ridiculous. I can't, even though y'all having WrestleMania this year in that stadium alone, I can't do it. Can't go against the green. That's all I got to say. Can't go against the green. Hey, nah, he didn't just figure out that there's some people in Philly listening to his podcast. They're going to be looking for him if he go to WrestleMania out there. They're going to be like, hey, we heard what you've been saying about Philly. <laughs> hey, I make sure so I had to run commercials specifically in Philly that week showing you know, their you know, you know trash. I, t- I tell you this, every pay later app will be used if I do want to go to WrestleMania. Because I'm telling you right now, I ain't going to spend my hard-earned cash just to get a ticket for there. Nope. Not at all. Whatever, nigga. Stop being cheap. 
<laughs> All right, so Mace, how you feeling about the uh, the Giants this year? Do you feel like that they can uh, have a repeat performance? For those who don't know, the Giants roster is pretty much the same. Um, they're kind of counting, especially in their skill positions, on guys being healthier. They did bring in Darren Waller, who, if you saw last year, he really – you don't know if he's got anything left. He couldn't even – he could barely even get on the field, right? I hold a grudge against him right now because he was terrible for my fantasy team last year. I hate his guts for that. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I don't hate his guts. That's too strong. I just would never, ever draft him on a fantasy team or trade for him in Madden ever in my life because of what he did for me last year in fantasy. <laughs> so I hold a little bit of a grudge. But – so the roster is basically the same. So, Mace, how do you think this team actually ends up doing here? Without Saquon, five wins max. I'm just I'm gonna be real with you. Um, we can talk about the running back position all you want to, but Saquon is a true playmaker with the ball in his hands. Um, that he's the he's the he's the big play in that offense. He's the consistent play in that offense. He's the hard yards. He's the big yards. Whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, that offense without Saquon is going to be anemic. Um, Daniel Jones hasn't really shown, hasn't really given us any reason to think that he can carry the offensive load. Look, man, I'm going to say it to you real. Okay. And maybe some people don't realize this because like, I know there was a lot of hype with how, how the giants were playing. Daniel Jones on almost 500 attempts had like 3,200 passing yards and only 15 touchdowns. That is not a franchise quarterback. See, what happened is, is that he plays in New York, and some of y'all, and, and, and if you know any Giants fans, they're irrational, okay? Giants fans are super irrational. Shout out to our boy JT Base, but y'all niggas is irrational, okay? Because you trying to convince me that you're going to be okay without Saquon Barkley, with that dude as your quarterback, with the receiving core that you have? You got a bunch of who that is and still in the leagues as your damn wide receivers. And you expected me to believe that y'all going to have a good passing game and a good offense without Saquon? You must be in high. Okay? Look, let me tell you something. Let me tell you this. If Saquon Barkley is not signed by week five, the Giants will be one and four. I'm saying it to you right now. They will be one and four. Teams know Daniel Jones is trash, but you know what they knew last year? This nigga Saquon Barkley balling out of control. We loading eight-man boxes, and this man is still over here killing us. We put nine, ten in the box, and he's still killing us. So the threat is Saquon Barkley. That offense does not work without him. Hey, just like I love JJ, and we'll get to the NFC North next week. Y'all gonna root a day that y'all got rid of Dalvin. Because <laughs> look, I'm gonna tell you this much. <laughs> you trusted Kirk Cousins to throw the ball a lot, man. And 
That's not a good look, but we'll get there. But it's kind of the same situation. I think Kirk Cousins is light years better than Daniel Jones. I think you we've seen Kirk Cousins in a situation where he had to throw the ball a lot and he can put up some numbers. He's gonna he gonna throw you away, throw away some games, but Kirk can still put you up some pretty good numbers. Daniel Jones, he had Saquon back there balling last year, and he could only throw for like 3,200 yards. And I'm supposed to believe in that. Nigga, please. Giants ain't making the playoffs. Giants are going seven and what would it be now? Seven and ten, Mace. Because Daniel, they're gonna find out real, real quick. Daniel Jones ain't that dude because defenses are gonna play him differently this year. And they're gonna be like, oh, this is what Dayball wants to do with him. Let's make him throw the ball somewhere he ain't comfortable. That simple. Stupid Giants fans, get out of my face. But before we get to the Cowboys, because I, I already know I'm gonna just hand the mic to to Mason, just probably like turn my mic off, sit here, and cross my legs, and be like, ah, here we go. We gotta talk about those Commanders. Um, the biggest thing that has happened for them this offseason is they're getting rid of the clown show of Daniel Snyder. Uh, look. No, all I will say is this. I don't want to, like, get too much into what their season is going to be, right? Because I, I, I'll say it up front. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, right? Because I don't believe in Sam Howell. But no matter what, this season's a win for, for Commanders fans. You got rid of the problem, the clown, the idiot who would come in telling his GMs and his and, and who, to, who to sign and who to draft. Nigga, you ain't Jerry Jones. You better get out of here, okay? At least Jerry can, when he do that now, he can say, I got three Super Bowls. You ain't even got three playoff wins, Daniel Snyder. That's terrible. That's terrible. So, Commanders fans, y'all should just celebrate and be happy the whole season no matter what happens and just be like, yeah, baby, we don't have a clown show anymore. Mace, I don't know how you feel on that, bro, but that's how I feel. No matter um, what, this is a winning season for them, Mace. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the biggest issue for them was their management. I mean, let, let, let's be real here. Um, like, like Jerome just said, man, you got a guy who doesn't put the work in telling everybody that has put the work in what to do. And... Um, if if you just just that getting rid of that aspect in their organization alone puts them ahead of the curve because now a team that's think of think of where they could would could and would be if they had somebody calling the shots that knew what they were knew what they were doing or cared about what they were doing. So yeah, that this is a win for them. I mean, on the field, like you said, I I, I expect them to do better than the Giants. Hey, Riverboat Ryan is still their coach, so I know expect what it is, baby. I expect them to do better than the Giants. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But, so do I. But um, so do I. I they at least have a threat at wide receiver, Mace. <laughs> Or well, well, two. I'm, I'm listen. I'm I'm not going to discredit Dotson as a as oh, a yeah. player. He he he's a certified baller. Uh, we know Scary Terry out there with the best of them. 
Um, please don't resign him. We know Scary Terry is is legit. My man is lethal out there. Um I expect to see a we can swap out Claypool to Scary Terry boy. Hey, hey, man. Hey, hey, man. Hey, man. You, you out you out there? <laughs> hey, is there a shooting star somewhere around you? You wishing like that? <laughs> But um, I expect to see a better team. I expect to see a more competitive team. Um, but this this the following off season for Washington, I do it. I I would expect to see a lot of wholesale changes. But um, now that they actually are gonna be allowed to make true football moves and not a, I want this guy, I want that guy, make it happen. I don't care. We don't, they don't have that anymore. So this this next coming off season for Washington will be huge for them. So uh, the fans just ride the wave. Don't really look too much into what your record gonna be because better days are ahead of y'all. Congratulations. Look, just do what I did as a Bears fan last season. Accept what your fate is that your team's not making the playoffs early, like right away. Even if your team gets off to a three and one start. Except your team's not making the playoffs and that you know that it's a fraudulent record, you will enjoy the season and you will feel like a winner at the end of the year because Daniel Snyder is gone. But we have to take that time now to get into the team that Mace holds near and dear to his heart, the team he loves more than any other team in this world. Oh, Jesus. And, of course, it's the team that makes so many people furious in this country because of their fans. That is the Dallas Cowboys. Mace, how are you feeling about the Cowboys this season? Ah, uh, man. Um... And for those of that are just listening, this nigga done just put on the damn aviators and the cowboy hat, okay? Can't stand him. I'm going to be real with you right now. Uh, I'm feeling good. Um... I'm, I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I'm outside of outside of Jerry needing to pay a few people. You know, I'm feeling good. But one thing we know about Jerry, he's gonna throw that money around. So I'm not concerned. I'm just a little like mm, Jerry, hurry up, taking too long, player. But uh, can't you can't knock me off my you can't knock me off my hill this year. You can't knock me down. You're you're right. You're just getting hotter and hotter while you have that hat on, and then the delusion starts You can't knock me down. You, 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 do you see you see the reflection right now? My ring light. That's the haters trying to get at me, but you can't. Hey, hey that's his eyes right now. That ring light is his eyes. How delusion this is right now. You can't <laughs> you can't knock me off my high. But horse. can you take him seriously right now? The ring light looks like his eyes through the sunglasses. Hey, man, look. As soon as he put on the damn hat, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with that. I was like, I'm done with this. I know where this is going. He's not going to be reasonable. For the rest of this show, he's not going to be reasonable. Like this, I'm going to ask him a reasonable question. Mace, where are you? where's the Cowboys going to get pass rush outside of Michael Parsons? Um, I think it, it it's not just one person. 
because even if you look at it at last year, we were what third in the league in uh, sacks. So I mean, well, of course, Mike is Mike is Mike, man. I'm, I'm I, we don't need to say much more about Mike is is that guy, but um, pass rush by committee seems to be the way to go. Um, I don't think it'll change this year either. I don't think there will be like another like running mate for Micah Parsons per se, but I do think that on the as an entirety of our defensive pass rush, I, I expect us to be near the top at at the top or near the top the same way we were um, this past year. So I don't see a drop off in pass rush. I just think they're if we're expecting a, a D law or respecting a, a, a Sam Williams or somebody to, to show up in the middle and um, be like, and be the, the secondary pattern, be another double digit sack guy. I'm not really putting too much stock into that, but I can tell you, we'll probably have three to four guys right ar- floating right around that eight, that six to eight sack range, just because Mike is going to, be a dog once again. Um, I think we'll we'll have a lot more coverage sacks. I mean, what what was what was I screaming about all last year with our team? Uh, Anthony Brown, exactly. And 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 how did we upgrade Anthony Brown? Well, you got Gilmore, but he's old now though too. Can he stay healthy for you? Are you sure he's going to be able to stay healthy and stay on the field? I think you'll have a lot more incentive to stay healthy or a lot more incentive to be out on the field with a little nagging injuries now that he knows his team is actually good enough to win something. So, I mean, it's kind of easy to, yeah, you know, I ain't feeling it today when when you're seven in something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but realistically – He's played in uh he he was hurt for Carolina mm-hmm. and then he played in those games for Indy. Are you mm-hmm. sure that you want to bet on that guy? I'm betting on him. Okay. So now I have to ask this question, Mace. Mm-hmm. Kellen Moore's gone. McCarthy's taking over the offensive play calling. How do you feel about this? <laughs> Listen, dog. Much more than any player that we acquired over this offseason, our biggest move was getting rid of Kellen Moore. Now, you you might say I'm kind of crazy because this offense has put up some numbers, but there are some guys who I said this before. Kellen Moore can punch, but he can't counter punch. Meaning, like I said, he, he's got a game plan, and it's either going to work or it's not. As long as Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy doesn't call curls on a third and eight, we all right. As long as he's not third and eight, curl. We good. I'm not concerned. See, this is my issue. He's unreasonable. He he he's not concerned. Never never any concern from you as a Cowboys fan. Just no concern now, huh? 
Everything's just hunky-dory, huh? Just because Kellen Moore is gone, that's going to fix the whole offense. That's going to make Tyron Smith be healthy all of a sudden, huh? You know, even, yes. without, even without Tyron Smith being healthy, um, I do now have faith in Tyler Smith stepping in at left tackle. He didn't – like I said, I didn't have faith in the pick, but he proved himself that whether he's a guard or a tackle, he is good enough to where we're not giving up the cheeks on his uh, on his assignment. So I'm not – Tyron Smith's health, while yes, I still think that he can – he is – can still be near like near that that top tier echelon as a as a pass protector. I don't see that being a concern, given how well Tyler Smith stepped in and played as a left tackle uh, for his last year as a rookie. So him him playing him the games that that Tyron Smith plays is pretty much just house money. We working with house money for every game that he's healthy. I don't know what else to say to you, man. We'll see if your team can stay healthy. And uh, we'll see if, you know, you guys can figure out how to do clock management in the playoffs because it doesn't seem to be a strong city you guys in. Um, my question on your team, Mace, is does the offense actually get better? Because you have better positions, players, right? you got better skill guys. But that doesn't always translate to mean that your offense is better. McCarthy, he might not, he might not link with Dak Wright. They might not be on the same page, bro. Um, I'm gonna tell you something. As a Bears fan who had to deal with a lot of Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers hated how that man called plays. He hated it. Absolutely. Oh my God, he would lose his mind. You should have seen it. You would. You want to talk about demonstrative body language space? <laughs> I have seen that man person at his at his coach saying a lot of uh, f words in that man's direction because he called the timeout when Aaron Rodgers was trying to speed everything up and try and get somebody outside. Like, bro, oh my god! Like he just called the timeout. Chill out, bro. Chill out. <laughs> so, so I'm um, as far as an offensive skill position goes, I'm. I feel much better simply because if you look at if you look at outside of CD last year, if you look at what we put on the field, it was piss poor, straight up. Gallup was coming off a knee injury, probably needed another half season to actually get right. He shouldn't have came back when he did. Um, I don't even remember who the Cowboys received. Oh, Noah Brown. Yeah, yeah. The guy that's been a, a, a career special teamer all of a sudden was asked to be the number two in some situations as a receiver for us. So, yeah, man, um, outside of CD, we were like the, the worst team as far as like receiver separation go. Like we were we were terrible outside of CD at the receiver position. So. I'm already going in feeling good. Um, I usually it's usually that following season after a, a ACL where a receiver kind of gets back to where he was. I'm not totally concerned about Gallup. Um, Brandon Cooks, 
is productive wherever he goes. I think the same will it'll stand true. Brandon Cooks allows CD to play more in the slot um, because whatever. However you think about it, um, Brandon Cooks is more of an outside receiver than a slot guy. Um, and I think that just bodes well for CD, uh, bodes well for the offense as a scheme because now you can move him around a lot more. Guys aren't just going out there knowing exactly where CD is going to line up, where Brandon Cooks is going to line up. Um, Tony Pollard has seemed to bounce back from, from the, the bone that seems to be healing properly. Um, oh no, man. I, I, I got high expectations for the team and with, with reason, because we've, I really can't hate on what we've done in the offseason. I can't be like Dallas should have did X, Y, and Z because they actually did X, Y, and Z. They didn't do the typical Jerry thing, and they addressed what they needed to address. They got it done. I don't – I'm going into the season with house money, bro. I'm, I expect my team to be really good on both sides of the ball. Um especially be good man it's just straight up i i dominant in some aspects so i'm i'm ready i'm prepared i'm coming in this season with house money whatever nigga uh, i ain't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i will hey, say yeah. this if i if i were to say anything bold this year if i was going to be if i if i had any bold statement it would probably be bold by your standards but um dallas will have the best defense in the league next year can't can't be the best if you can't win. That's all I'm saying. Dallas will have the best defense in the league next year. Are you gonna win the Super Bowl? We got a bet. We got a chance. No, you see, he wasn't confident enough. That's it. Some Eagles fans are more confident than you. I don't care about Eagles fans, bro. They get somewhere. They actually get the to the Eagles don't, main the Eagles game. don't beat us when we have Dak Prescott playing, so I don't really care about what they're talking about. I ain't even going to start my hate. I'll save it for the season. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it right now because I'll just get in a dumb argument that we can't do it. Just be in circles. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Cowboys are going to make the playoffs, but they're going to flame out in spectacular fashion again, and then Mike McCarthy going to get fired. And that, and now Mace is going to really lose his mind when that happens because Sean Payton's in Denver. He got nothing now. We, we don't know We don't need Sean Payton. Oh, 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 I'm sure there's some episodes of Sports Ball that would contradict your statement right there, buddy. Mace, tell the people where to find you. Before I get into that, man, I got to let y'all know, y'all got approximately two weeks to catch up in one piece. Who is y'all? Who is y'all? And our listeners and viewers. We got two weeks. Get on it. If you if you take take our work, it'll probably it'll take you approximately nine days. So use all your PTO, do what you gotta do, get it done. But anyways, catch me on Twitter, funky underscore stuff09. Twitch, twitch.tv slash swaggy mace. I'm pretty good at games, so hit me up. Daryl, tell the people where to find you. 
I'm pretty good at games too, but I ain't wearing delusional hats and sunglasses like this guy. But anyway, I'm going to be showing off some Diablo content. We're going to be gaming. So make sure you check in the low elo gender on Twitch. Follow the day. Uh, at Man everywhere you can see my pretty face with the ITC logo. I know this is the longest show we've given you guys in a while, but hey, had some things to run out, and it's kind of been a little slow this summer. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, that was another resounding episode of your favorite weekly sports show, and that is ITC. How about them Cowboys? Oh, hey, are you kidding me? Let me talk to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>